Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. Today is Thursday, April 28th. Sunny day here in San Diego. I don't know where you are in the world, but I hope that you feel connected and that you've gone for a walk or a little swim. or You did a little cat-cow, some stretching. Stretched out your toes, your neck, you know, wiggled about a bit, got some movement in. How are you? How did you sleep last night? Did you you go to bed on time or or were you fighting sleep the way way I have? I'm excited to have you here. Today, we're going to talk about uh, a few things. One, we're going to talk about the wisdom of my pedicurist. She gave me three main nuggets of life she's her name's Jeannie and Jeannie is about close to 70 and um, you know I have athletes feet and she takes care of my my she's doing the Lord's work on my toenails but she drops some nuggets of wisdom in terms of how to keep that brain young how to stay engaged um and I was just, I was just so. I wish I had recorded it. It would have been a. a it was. It felt like a master class. You know, just, I just love old people who just, or older people. I want to say old because she's not old. She's she's thirteen in her heart. You can tell. Um, and uh, we're also going to talk about. Uh, a, a, I'm reading an account of Monte Cristo, and there's a an excerpt in there that I read that I don't quite understand. So. I should have flushed this out before I share it, but I just want to put it out there to you and, and get your brains on it because I'm loving, I'm receiving a lot more emails from you and messages from you all. Um, you can email me at leoflowers2000 at gmail.com. Um, or if you, you know, when you leave comments, re- really leaving comments is the best way to help support the podcast. And so I appreciate the five-star reviews. Just go on iTunes. And, and you know, and I'm going to come back to that in a second. Um, and then we're going to talk about, yeah. So today we're just talking about brain and, uh, and, and really, like, getting outside of ourselves and, and, and showing love to other people. But uh, I do have a bit of a carb hangover. I ate, I, you know, Michelle comes back today. Thank you goodness. Um, if this is your first time tuning in, welcome. Michelle is my girlfriend of a little over two years. And she went to Mexico with some girlfriends to hang out, which shout out to her for, you know, just grabbing the girls and, and going and, uh, and hanging out. Cause that's something that I don't, I can't remember the last time I have a, a men's group that I started and we keep talking about getting together and doing a thing. But when we started, we all lived in different states. One was in Minnesota, one was in New York, and uh, the other one was in um, Atlanta. But now, here's how the universe works. You know, I created this group. I started this group in during the pandemic because I was aware of how lonely um, I would become. You know, it was kind of a preemptive strike of, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I just moved from L.A. to San Diego where I, I, I know very few people. And I was just terrified of just not having my boys around or just people I can connect with. So I started a Zoom group myself. And it we started out with six of us. And, and now we're down to four consistently. But even the, the other two I'm still uh, uh, friends with. You know, we were friends beforehand. And so we were just checking in once a week for 90 minutes and just kind of talking and and having some really deep philosophical questions. And then, of course, once the pandemic lifted in, our lives got back to being crazy. Now we do one-minute check-ins on Marco Polo every week. And I got to tell you, even though it's very brief and once a week, it's helpful. It, it really is. It's kind of cool to go on and or to be a part of a journey with other people and knowing 
that you know we're gonna check in and we're gonna we're gonna look after each other. I mean, and um, and, and just have each other's back through thick and thin. So that's kind of that's very cool uh, for me. And for you, the listeners, you know, if you, I know a lot of you might have some financial uh, blockades to getting the help and or or even some physical restraints in terms of uh, of, of getting help or seeking help or. accessing resources and this is a a technically theoretically a free resource in terms of me starting the men's online group um, which is something that you could do is just start a group um, even if it's just yourself and somebody else but or just a weekly check-in just find somebody who you just like hey can we just check in with each other once a week you know just start there can you know just for a minute, just, you know, weather, food, health, how you doing? It, it doesn't have to be anything uh, intense or deep because what you'll find is over time, um, it, it'll, there'll be times where the shares are really deep and heartfelt and, and sometimes, you know, they're really funny and lighthearted and sometimes it's just a mundane of, of I'm going to work, going to bed, eat, sleep, you know, move, eat, sleep kind of thing. So, you know, it's a really accessible way to do it. And I say theoretically because, you know, you would need a laptop and laptops are like $1,200. So, um, or, you know, even an iPhone to, to Zoom. So, the, the co- you know, the cost of the hardware to even Zoom is, is really where your cost would lie. Um, but if you're listening to the podcast, you know, you have access. So, um you know, start a group, if, even if it's just you and one person, and slowly build it to get that connection, to get that weekly check-in. When we talk about mental health, we it's not just about talking about mental health all the time. It's just about, um, you know, sharing your life and feeling like you're not alone on this journey. So that's why I'm so grateful that you tuned in again, again. Thank you for being here. This is awesome. Um with that out the way, like I said, I'm excited Michelle is coming back because I've been feeling untethered, eating, staying up later. I, I, I was like, I'm, I've been like a kid, like a kid, like when the parents leave, you know, to go out to to dinner for the night or party for the night. And I'm like, woohoo! I get to stay up late, and it's like, why am I staying up late? I, I, I have things to do. I need to, I need to wake up, and so my circadian rhythm is all off. She'll be back, and then I'll be back on track. Um, which brings me to today's reading. So, like I said, if this is your first time tuning in, I read sometimes from this book called 365 Tao, T-A-O, Daily Meditations. Now, I'm not religious in any way. It's just a book about Tao. It's like, I guess, some Zen, Buddhist, whatever, sayings that uh, I just, I find wisdom in this. And Sometimes I read the Bible. Sometimes I read the Quran. Like to me, wisdom is everywhere. And in today's uh, reading on page one sixty four and three sixty five, Tao, the the topic is censorship, and it it talks about how emperors uphold censorship, but extreme repression leads to extreme reaction. Individualists believe in freedom, but extreme expression leads to extreme reaction. And so basically what they're saying is those in power should be careful because if you push people too far, the people will will rebel, right? And and those of us who are creatives and artists, you know, yes, we like to push the boundaries of our creativity, but if we challenge the people too much, they also will rebel. So what they're saying, what the reading is talking about is we want to avoid either extreme. We we don't want to um, push the boundaries so far that the people uh, rebel or react or there's some type of backlash or um, it puts us in danger or hypocrisy or disappointment, right? Um, and, and I'm tying this into this idea of, you know, in a relationship or in life, we think that freedom means that we should just be able to do whatever we want 
without boundaries, without restrictions, without, you know, without being tethered. And, and the truth of the matter is, is that we actually need boundaries and we need limits and we need a blueprint and an outline so that we can avoid extremes, so that we don't fly too close to the sun and so that we also aren't staying too grounded and, and too practical and too realistic that we're not being create, creative enough and innovative enough to think outside the box. And so, and, and for me personally, there are times where I notice my, my internal dialogue being like, um, why, why do I have to do, all, you know, in terms of the, my relationship with Michelle, even with work, there, sometimes there's resentment over the boundaries that are put in place, over the things that I'm like, why do I have to do this? And why do I have to do that? And if I had more time, then I can get more stuff done. And that's what we think. We think if we had more time, more space, then we can do more things. And in some cases, that's true, right? If you're working two full-time jobs, then definitely if you had a bit more time, you might be able to get um, some more personal things done, right? Some more self-care things or spending more time with your family. But the point is, is that we need some type of structure. We need an itinerary. Michelle was gone and I felt completely unhinged. I, I did. I, I should have planned. I just thought I would think of something in the, uh, on the fly. And it's not true. I, I should have thought ahead of, all right, I'm going to have this time to myself. What do I plan to do even if I didn't stick to the plan a plan a bad plan according to Jordan Peterson is better than no plan because when we don't have a plan then you know that's when we can get into the extremes I was watching way too much television eating way too much uh, uh, sugary foods and when I say sugar it, you know just way too much fruit and dates and uh, you know just I was just eating too much too often Staying up to it was too everything. Staying up too late, waking up too late, eating too much, watching you know it was just all the twos, all the toos, and so um, we have to be careful of, of what we're asking for. Sometimes um, the, the structure that we have in our lives, that job that we have, the relationship that we have, the kids that we have. Um, you know, the family and the responsibilities that we have, those things might in fact be the reason why, you know, we're still going. It's like driving a car. We need the the stoplights and the stop signs or else people are going to be flying through and we're going to have a lot more collisions. We definitely don't want that. That's why we have speed limits on a highway um, so that we can avoid crashing into each other and you have the, the lane. So, Either the environment, our environment, and the people in our lives put structure into our lives, or we ourselves have to do it. And ideally, both are happening, right? You have uh, structure and in laws and rules that are dictated by society, and then we have our own uh, set of values and priorities that we're living by. Right, you know, I, I always talk about the daily germs: journal, exercise, read, meditate, self-talk. The, these are things that, <clears throat> for me, prevent me from uh, going too far into the extremes. Although I just talked about the extremes, but that's a, a perfect case of I wasn't, I haven't really been adhering to my daily germs, and so I get to see the result of when I think I'm too big for the training wheels. I no longer need my daily routine. I'm a big boy now. No, 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 not, not your boy Leo Flowers. Leo Flowers needs uh, his, his helmet and his knee pads and elbow pads. <laughs> I need the re- I need the reflector jacket. I need I need the I need all the things to <laughs> to make sure I don't I don't I, I need the bike lane. Right, I, give me all the give me all the parameters, so y- your boy don't get too close uh, to the sun there. So th- that's uh, from three sixty. That's um, from three sixty five. Tau page one sixty four, and they're talking about um, censorship. 
And so yesterday, <clears throat> like I said, I have athlete's foot. And oh, every, I think, six weeks or eight weeks, I go see a, a pedicurist who specializes in athlete's feet. Like that, That's her thing. She, that's her jam. My doctor referred me to her. She's, you know, she's 70 years old. She's from Vietnam and, you know, has all the wisdom. She, she told me yesterday that um, she, from the age of 12, she was helping her parents run a restaurant. She had like t- 20 people under her because in Vietnam, you go to school in the morning and then you work in the afternoon and then you go back to school uh, later on in the evening. Which I was like, I, I think that's cool. I'm not sure. I don't, you know, that probably wouldn't work here because we're so sports driven in America. But that would be a cool option. And I know that there are schools that um, I went to a technical high school, so you can go to school for the first half of the day, and then if you found a job, you can go work the second half of the day. And that's I think that's once you turn 16. But um, but she dropped three beautiful nuggets in terms of brain health because she's very sharp and she was telling me about her clients who like one client is 94 he's 94 lives by himself and is sharp as a tack and has a plan for every day you know every day he wakes up you know and he he attacks the day and he and he's very purposeful and 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 he and he still drives he's 94 still drives very sharp um, in terms of, um, you know, his, his outlook in life has still all has all his faculties and um, is moving and grooving on his own. And, and these are the kind of stories that inspire me because, you know, I have such a, I recognize I have this view of, of getting older and like, oh, I'm going to be in a nursing home and just kind of, you know, pittering around. And it's like, no, that's not how life has to be. The nursing home does does not have to be the uh, uh, the end for Leo Flowers. I, I've been in nursing homes; they all smell the same. I don't care how much money you have, or, or you know where it's located; they all have the same smell, and um, I I'm I'm here to avoid that smell. So anyway, the three things she she shared with me, and and this was just off the top of her head. You know, she was just talking and. And I just distilled it to this and thought it was so beautiful. But, you know, when, if you've never had a pedicure, you go in and you put your feet into hot water and to let your feet soak. And so she starts talking to me and she's like, Leo, you have to, you have to use your brain to remember things. She said, uh, she told me about how she never uses uh, a calculator because she owns the business. She owns the pedicure shop. She says she does everything in writing. She 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 has it in her head and she calculates everything using her brain. She was like, I don't use a calculator because I grew up using an abacus. And and I, I was like, wow, that's so cool. I would love to use the abacus. But then she takes my feet out the water and then she drops the sponge in there. And she said, notice that before I drop the sponge in there, that the water's not moving. But if I drop the sponge in there, the water starts moving, right? And she said, that's what thinking is. When we remember things we're, and when we're looking back, our brain cells fire and they, and they start moving around because they're trying to search and find the memory. They're trying to search and find the answer. They're trying to search and find the sensation or the emotion or the idea. But we, we have to drop something into the water to get it to move or else it's just stagnant. It doesn't move at all. And I thought that was a beautiful analogy because, you know, when, you know, if you're watching TV, your, your brain cells don't really have to work because the TV is doing all the thinking for you. And I, and I find that um, I, I, I kind of get like this brain fog from watching too much television or just consuming too much of, of anything that doesn't really require me to be mindful in terms of what I'm, think, of, of what I'm doing. But when we take the time to remember an event or to calculate something in our brains um, that it, it gets those neural pathways firing. And it, it's a way of triggering our prefrontal cortex, which is our thinking part of our brain. Instead of being in our amygdala or our limbic system, 
which is all animal and and reactive and and fight or flight, right? So <clears throat> taking the time. So one of the ways that I do it is, you know, for Jeannie, she talks about not using her calculator um, and, and adding up things, but, but she's in a job where she's adding up stuff every day so she gets to use that muscle. But one of the ways that I do it is when I journal at the end of my day, I write down everything that happened throughout the day. It's just kind of me taking notes. Like I woke up at this time, I ate this, um, I talked to such and such, um, I experienced that, I read this, this was my workout. Like it's just, I just go back and kind of rewrite my day as if I'm submitting it, um, you know, to a boss or landlord or, or landlord or, or whoever uh, to read. It's kind of like, here's my, here's what I did today or here's what happened. Here are the experiences and, and here are the emotions. And it's a fun exercise because sometimes you'll go through a day and think that really nothing happened. And as you start to write it down, you're like, oh, yeah, that happened. Oh, and I had that, oh, you know. And then things will start to fire and ideas. And you're like, and then you'll start to get clarity as to, oh, that's why she said blah, blah. You know, you'll, you'll get um, more hindsight later on when you go back and kind of retrace your day and, and write it down. You know, for Michelle, Michelle likes to talk about her day, and that's how she kind of processes uh, her life and experiences. For me, I need to write it down, and, and that, for me, I find is, so, to, you know, to find a thing that works for you. It might be talking it out with somebody at the end of the day. It might be writing it out. Um, it might just be recording it um, to yourself. I have friends who do that, who just kind of record their, their voices into it, but we have to move the water you know, or else it becomes stagnant. Our brain becomes stagnant. And we know that um, stagnant bodies of water, or what do we call those? Swamps, right? And we definitely don't want a swampy mind and, and flies floating around there. So that was the first thing Jeannie shared with me is like, we have to use our brain when we can. Um, second part of, 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 of her wisdom was to change your routine daily. And this, is, this goes back to using our brain. She said, because if we're doing the same things day in and day out, our brain doesn't have to really think about it. And then it, it just kind of zones out. So she said, you know, if she goes for a walk on Monday um, in one direction, she'll, she'll change up the direction of where she walks from day to day. Or she might not even go for a walk. She might just be more active inside the house. So one day she might get her exercise outside by going for, for long walks. or the, And then the next day she might get her, her activity in by moving and cleaning and, and doing things around the house. But just mixing it up. She takes a shower on Wednesday. She might take a bath on Thursday. Um, you know, and, and eating something different and, and cooking. So just mixing things up so that your brain never can never just kind of clock out or zone out. Your brain stays engaged. Now, I understand that, you know, just depending on your lifestyle, you don't want to make, you don't want to change everything, right? Like Jeannie goes to the same job every single day, right? Um, and, and has been doing the same kind of work for uh, 30 or 40 years. So I'm not saying change everything, but find that that little pocket of novelty that you know can rewire, help rewire your brain, and that even can be from listening to different kinds of music, right? And I I like to listen to um, music in different languages. So like if you love hip hop or if you like country music. Um, try like Spanish country music or African country. You know, there's so many different languages and so many different um, sources of what you find entertaining. I'm watching this show right now on Netflix, and typically Netflix will give it to you in English, in the English version, but I like to listen to it in the native language. So if it's a Polish TV show, um, I want to hear the, the Polish language. I'm, I'm, 
obviously I have the English subtitles on, but I'm I'm taking I'm learning a few things at least how to say hello or goodbye or you start to learn greetings and um, and tonality and these things over time will build on itself. You know, I, I completely believe in that compound interest. So you know, changing your routine daily in terms of uh, and, and so uh, you know, I think this is why a lot of times women are always changing their cosmetics and, and their skincare routine and trying different creams and they love to go to department stores and smell different scents and see what's new. Like it's, it's a part of changing your routine so that you're, you're stimulating your different senses, your olfactory senses, your, your, um, your visual senses differently. So, you know, even watching T, if you're going to, if you love to watch TV, I don't, I'm not here to demonize it, but to watch programs of shows that you typically wouldn't watch, you know, watch something that a friend recommends just because they recommended it. And just because it's something different than you would typically watch. I mean, that's how I read books. Um, You know, I think if, if you've been listening for a while, you know that, I just started reading books on astronomy. I never read books on astronomy, but I I feel like that's a thing that I I want to learn for now. And then it, I'll find some other specific interest outside of astronomy. But just change finding ways to change your haircut, doing something a little funky, dress up more, dress down more. All these things they they can change us. I mean, and I'm saying this <laughs> Full disclosure, I think I've worn the same thing for the past three or four days in a row. Oh, my God, I can't wait for Michelle. No laundry's been done. Nothing's been done. Um, But so changing your routine daily is a way for us to keep our brains sharp and keep us engaged, right, and and keep us out of the the pain and and give us purpose and um, an itinerary of uh, exploring different museums, going to different coffee shops. If you have a favorite restaurant, go to other restaurants. Order something that you typically don't order off the menu. There's so many different ways that we can mix it up in our lives. Um, and then the third thing that Jeannie uh, shared, and I, and I really love this one. This is my favorite. Spell things out. She was talking about text messaging and you know how easy we go to LOL or a thumbs up emoji or a smiley face. And it's so much more powerful and helpful for our brain to actually type out a response so that we don't forget how to spell, so that we don't forget how to communicate and empathize and validate and show understanding to each other. Because if we spend a lot of time texting each other and using emojis, then our, our verbal skills will atrophy because we don't have those. And so it's really a way for us to stay engaged verbally and, um, and remind ourselves of how to spell. And also it's an opportunity to learn, to use the language that we're learning. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm reading the Count of Monte Cristo, which I'm going to talk about in a second. And there's so many words in there that um, I've never used or even heard. And there's a few that I don't even know what they mean. And if I'm just sending out e- emojis to people and, and LOLs and cool and, you know, sure and K and HBD, then I, I'm going to forget those words. I, I, they're not going to be accessible to me. So it's not enough for us just to read and study things, but we have to make sure we're putting ourselves in a situation where we can actually communicate and express what we're taking in, that we can actually share what's been consumed, right? Um, and so, yeah, I love those three nuggets of, you know, we have to, you know, remembering and thinking helps to, to move our, our thoughts and emotions, change our routine daily, and then spell things out, write it all out. Send complete, you know, Michelle sent me, uh, I just got booked for a show in Seattle, and Michelle was instrumental in making that happen. And I, I, my when she sent me the text message 
that we booked it, I responded with a thumbs up. I was like, boom. And then after I had the conversation with Jeannie, I went back and said, I appreciate the effort and emails you put into making this happen, Michelle. Smile. And then I put a smiley face at the end, right? So there, it's so much more powerful to, you know, I'm expressing appreciation. I'm recognizing her effort, uh, specifically with the emails and the, and the back and forth. And, and, and I'm also saying, hey, you made this happen. And, and, uh, and that is so much more powerful than a thumbs up. It's a thumbs up is kind of, I realize it feels kind of flippant now that I'm doing it. I mean, it's, it feels like the new middle finger. Um, so hopping off into, what was I going to say? Oh, so I'm reading the Count of Monte Cristo, which I, I brought up a million times already. And there was a passage in there. If you, if you don't know what the Count of Monte Cristo is, basically, I'm not giving anything away. I've only read the first five chapters. And it's amazing. Like, I can't believe how long I've been saying I'm going to read this book and haven't read it because it's 1,200 pages, 1,200 plus. And I, when I started reading, I was like, I don't even want to put this book down. I just want to consume this forever until it's done and then reread it again. I actually, on a flight, met someone who was reading the book for like the umpteenth time. And I asked him, I go, why are you reading this book? And he said, it's, it's such a, a journey that the, the main character goes on. And, um, and, I, and I pegged the guy as being an entrepreneur because I, I realized that entrepreneurs like to read these dense classic books like Atlas Shrugged, you know, uh, um, Crime and Punishment, um, uh, Count of Monte Cristo, books of, of those natures. And I'm not saying all entrepreneurs, but there's a certain type of Silicon Valley-esque young bad boy um, that likes to read these kind of books and uh, and sure enough, he he was. And I forget what he did. Uh, see, that is that brain training right there. But anyway, here's the quote from the book. And like I said, this quote is something that I'm still pondering, as Tim Ferriss would say. So the quote is this: Joy may sometimes produce strange effects and be as oppressive as sorrow. I, I, you know, so end quote. I, and I don't really know what that means. Um, only thing I can think of is that sometimes joy, the, it's almost like when um, you're, when a woman has a baby and there's so much joy that you, I imagine one would feel in that moment. And then also so much sorrow from the weight of like, wow, I, I'm responsible for this life. Like the joy of like, wow, I, I helped bring a life into this world. And then the sorrow of like, I'm responsible. I'm fully, like if anything happens to this life, I'm the one. Um, and I, I, when I think of, so, you know, that's a great word, like sorrow Sorrow is a word that I've never really explored, to be honest. Like, I've thought of, like, sadness, right? Usually when I think of sadness, I think of a loss. Um, but sorrow, according to the Google, um, it says sadness is a state of unhappiness, while sorrow is a sense of deep distress, disappointment, or sadness so it seems like sadness is more acute like um you know you, you hear a sad song right where sorrow is like deep disappointment like oh so i guess with sorrow it's like you we were expecting more like i thought i thought i was gonna feel i, I understand that it's 
it's almost like you know I, I just did the show with uh Hassan in in front of 4000 people and there was joy and sorrow there was joy and wow I'm in front of 4000 people performing and this feels uh awesome and we're really connecting and then there was kind of a sorrow because I thought it would feel bigger than that I thought I would I would feel I thought it would I thought it would feel bigger and that it would last longer but I remember walking off the stage and thinking done not I wasn't gliding off stage I wasn't floating off stage it was just done and then we went back in the green room and drank Pedialyte. <laughs> and so there's a there's a disappointment because we think that these moments in our lives that other people tell us are going to be so huge and so massive. And in this case, it was a uh, the, the the character who said this was getting married, and and you know uh, and it's kind of like the pre wedding dinner and it's kind of you know it's a celebratory vibe. And I and he, I guess he, you know, you would think I'm about to get married. I waited so long. This is the women of my dreams, and so there's this joy of of people being around you and, and celebrating with you. And then there's a sorrow of I thought I would I thought I would experience more, feel more, or uh, I, I thought there would be a, I would feel a change. You know, it's it's. And then you go, oh, I'm still the same person. She's still the same person. Nothing's really, nothing's really changed. It wasn't as transformative. And and I think we think transformation comes from big moments when really they come from very tiny incremental. It's the same way Warren Buffett's built his wealth. Just compound interest, slowly but surely. There's that quote that I heard from Charles Manson, of all people, and I'm sure it wasn't his quote, but that's who I heard it from in a TV show. But he said that water shapes the rock. That's what shapes the rock, water, just a slow trickling of water. And so as we slowly journal every day and are meditating and drinking water, right? Because when we drink water, we're shaping the rock, we're shaping our minds, we're shaping our bodies, we're shaping our focus. Water shapes the rock. It's it's not the huge cataclysmic, you know, the Big Bang, if you believe in that, that happened billions of years ago. Millions or billions, I don't know how long ago. I think it was billions. It was a long time ago. It's not very often that there's an extreme event. And even if you look at um, extinction-level events, from the Ice Age to the Stone Age to the you know all those different things that have wiped out species throughout time on Earth, they come like every hundred millions of years. So the, 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 this change this transformation that we're seeking happens is happening right now in this moment. Whatever you're doing right now, that's what's going to determine what we see 10 years from now. Water shapes the rock. So, you know, I highlighted that journey, that, that passage of joy may sometimes produce strange effects and be as oppressive as sorrow. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's powerful because that sorrow is a word that I've I've never really used. So speaking of change and transformation, there was a, a TikTok video th- where this coach was teaching a a young woman how to shoot a three point shot, and he was showing her form and her hand, her left hand was in a wrong placement at the end of the shot, and then he showed her how her plan should be placed. And of course, she misses the next, she still misses the next 10 shots. And then he said, 
expect to miss shots when you first make corrections. I'm going to say that again because this is, this is so beautiful. Expect to miss shots when you first make corrections. I, I, I bring that up to say that when we read these self-help books or we go to a therapist or we receive some help or we make some correction in our diet, we think that now that I have the answers, I should just be off and running. Like I shouldn't make any mistakes after this. I have the answers, boom, everything else should be 100%. I should be a straight-A student. I should be the best guitar player or the, the perfect husband or spouse or whatever. And he's saying, no, we, we just made the correction. And so now it's going to take time for you to adjust physically and mentally to the new correction because you're going to be in your head for uh you know, a couple times, and you're going to fall back into the old habit uh, a few times of shooting the way that you were before. So expect to miss shots when you first make corrections. And also, what I love about this, it speaks to compassion. Because how many times have we, quote-unquote, corrected someone for, for a thing of like, um, you know, of how to address us or speak to us or uh, or set expectations for how we want things done. The person m- messes up or uh, makes a mistake or falls back into their default, and then we yell at them or we criticize them or we jump on them or uh, we blame them and say, or or we take it personally and say, "Didn't you hear what I just said? How I can't believe you just did that again." What were you? What were? You, we have to have compassion for ourselves and for the people in our lives and know that even when a correction is made, they're still going to, and we are still going to continue to make mistakes. You know, there's a reason when you, um, if you've ever been to a basketball game or just watched the, the pregame, why these basketball players who've been playing for all of their lives, I mean, from the time they were born, there's a basketball in their hand, and they've had you know, the, access to the best coaching and best resources. There's a reason why they still practice their free throw before every single game. Every single game, they still practice their hand placement. Um, if you if you read about Kobe Bryant, he still went out, best free throw shooter in the world, still went out and got a free throw coach. You know, um, it, they, they're still tweaking and perfecting and and making sure that they have they keep they're keeping the fundamentals intact because they're so aware how how easy it is to fall back into um, ineffective patterns I don't like to say wrong or bad ineffective this is not what I'm doing right now is not effective for what I want to accomplish so Expect to miss shots when you first make mistakes and also expect to to miss shots even or when you first make corrections and expect to miss shots after because there's there's no three-point shooter. Steph Curry is arguably the best three-point shooter and he still misses, right? And every now and again, his feet aren't in the right place. The elbows are a little too wide. The fingers aren't spread wide enough. He doesn't follow through with the wrist. He still misses. And that's a part of life. And this is important because I know I have a lot of perfectionists listening in, type A personalities, people who, uh, you know, if you're like myself, I, I, we beat ourselves up when we miss a shot, when we miss an opportunity, when we, um, you know, eat too much sugar. And this is not to let us off the hook. This is not to say, Hey, uh, we all we all make mistakes. All right, no big deal. No, this is to say, one, yes, as human beings, even with the answers and the corrections and the solutions, we will still make errors, which is what they call error error errors. Uh, two, we are responsible for putting in the work to reduce the number of errors that we make. So it's not about elimination. Planes are still going to crash. Cars are going to crash. 
Um, <laughs> our blood sugar is going to crash. Things crash. But that doesn't absolve us of the responsibility of planning and preparing to do our best. And that's all we're really asking. It's to, if you can look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what, I did my best. That is a beautiful thing. And I got to tell you, last night, you know, with all the sugar and being up late, I'll leave you with this. Um, you know, the suicidal thoughts were just like, uh, uh, just so repetitive. And then, you know, two things calmed me down. I mean, it was insane how loud the thoughts were. And then um, I, I, I went to Bonds, which was a different grocery store, because I was like, oh, let me go to a different. I, I usually go to Ralph's. This time I went to Vons because I was like, Jeannie said, change up your routine. And I went down a different aisle because Jeannie said, change up your routine. And then I saw uh, a book of crossword puzzles. And I said, you know what? Michelle and I love doing crossword puzzles together. Together. So, I, you know, I, I usually will do them out the New York Times but I stopped getting those delivered because I love the, the online comment section of the New York Times so much. But I missed the crossword. I missed the physical crossword. So I bought a book with crossword puzzles. And now I'm going to keep it on the table. And it has easy, medium, hard, and expert. Um, and so last night I just knocked out uh, an easy crossword puzzle. And it, I just felt so calm and so peaceful. There, were, there was no uh, suicidal thoughts. And then I went downstairs and, and um, you know, read uh, five chapters of The Count of Monte Cristo. And it was so peaceful. And I was like, why didn't I just do this earlier? I was so happy doing that. And so my, my point is, is that do not trust those thoughts. The, the, the path to peace, the path to peace is in the process, journaling, exercising, reading, meditating, self-talk, reaching out, doing something different, changing up your routine, taking a shower, take a bath, use a different soap. Don't use soap. <laughs> take two showers. Get out the shower, dry, towel off, and then get back in the shower. Take a cold shower. Remember your day. Take some time to remember your day at the end of your day. You know, even if it's just three things. Spell things out. Take the time. Don't just respond with a K, OK, HBD, sure. Take time to spell things out. Put more effort into what you're doing, into how you and how you're presenting yourself. Because those things activate our prefrontal cortex, our thinking part of our brain. And then it kind of quiets that limbic system, that fight, flight, or, or suicide. The third thing that I did last night to quiet the, the, the voices in my head, um, I sent out text messages to, to friends and just saying, hey, Instead of being like, hey, I'm feeling blah, 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 or I'm thinking this, I said, hey, I was just thinking about you. I haven't talked to you in a while. I'm wishing you some buoyancy, and um, and I hope things are going well for you. You know, just saying hello, just a, a random, sending out random hellos to people, even if you haven't talked to them in months or years. And I know... You're like, nah, nobody wants to hear from me. I don't want to bother them. They're very busy. You'd be surprised. You'd be so surprised at the number of people who actually want to hear from you and will respond to you. Just send them a text or a voice memo. Sometimes I send long voice memos. And I like, <laughs> basically, I send people like a podcast, a mini podcast version of this where I'm just uh, talking 
for an extended period of time. But uh, but that but that's it, ladies and gents. I really appreciate you being here. Make sure that you uh, you know, leave reviews, share if you found value in this episode, share it with somebody, share it with two to three people. Um, that's how we grow this community, and then that's how we also feel more connected. This is a, a way for you to contribute, you know. I, I realize there's so many YouTube videos and um, TikTok videos that that I watch or just even Facebook stuff that I'm looking at, and I don't leave a comment, and I don't say, I don't leave a thumbs up or a congratulations. And I tell you what, that slows things down. It's a, it's a way of connecting with other people, and it's a way of making an effort, and it's a way of positively using social media. It's not just to consume, but it's also to be like, hey, well, that was really cool. That was so dope. I'm so proud of you. Wow, you have such a beautiful family. Like to take that time to, to thumbs up someone's work. I mean, there's some really cool videos on these different platforms. There's some beautiful stories that are being shared on social media. Some sad, some heartbreaking, some joyful, some funny. But but taking the taking that time to really share how you feel about what you just consumed, let you know, make interacting, and and that's a step in feeling less alone. And it's also an opportunity to practice our communication skills versus sitting in jealousy, envy, shame, and guilt. We can sit in joy and awe, and wonder. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself. Remember, this podcast is not a substitute for you going to get help for you calling the 1-800-SUICIDE and many more, or 1-800-273-TALKS, or if you're in any of uh, the seven, if you're if you're living on any of the seven continents, right? Um, there are international phone numbers listed there for you. Whether you're in Germany or Budapest or Australia or Hawaii or what are you in Peru? Are you where are you at? You in Brazil? International phone numbers for all of y'all. You know, if you're in Nigeria, Kenya, where are my people at in Eritrea? Um, international phone numbers for everybody. Everybody can get this number. So go ahead, check that out. You can go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching with yours truly. Let's get to tomorrow together. Peace.